So we're at a show happening. Here we go. Here we go. We're on. We're live. <laughs> yeah, this, this this time hopefully everything everything is okay. We just had a we just had a bit of a technical difficulty, but we're on, guys. We're on. Okay, so I'm gonna kick things off today. We've got we've got Do David it. Mirza. We've got Hello, everyone. Newbie Brown. Um, David is David and I met um, 2018 October for the first time when I moved working for UP City to UP Mayfair, where mm. I was actually David's mentor with uh, with the way things are structured at, at UP. Um, the more senior trainers are, are elected to mentor the newbie trainers. <laughs> and uh, mm. that's how I know David. So so David is, uh, is on today to share his experiences around why he's a personal trainer, where that started, and his continued development having become a personal trainer. I think that today's episode is going to be really interesting for people out there who are in a similar position where maybe they only have only been in health and fitness for a few years. Personally, I think David's on a meteoric trajectory to being one of the best coaches in our industry because, because, because of... Because of you. His, because of... <laughs> because of it's all because of me. Yeah. Because of the way he applies himself. I think, I think David definitely applies himself to the craft really well. And uh, we're going to hear more about it today. So, David, welcome. Thank you very much for having me on. Welcome, no worries, man. No worries. Good, to, good to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Yeah, it's always, always, it's always nice to catch up with David. This is, this is, this is a happy time for me. Yeah. yeah. We haven't seen you for a long time. Yeah, man. Too long, too long. We caught up in London a few, a few, was it over a year ago now, wasn't it? Feels I like don't that. even know. I don't yeah. even know. I, I just know that yeah, I have all your household items here <laughs> in my flat. <laughs> Alex left it with me, you know. I got. Do you know what? I totally forgot that Alex left it with you. I I thought Alex had it up there. That's why when you messaged me and said, "I've got I've got your your signed pictures of Henry Cavill and uh, and Ben Affleck." Yeah, I was that like, might what be. I'm about to bro? throw them all out because I'm really <laughs> eBay, mate. eBay, you sort you right <laughs> yeah. out. I wonder how I wonder how much that shit will go for. I I, I got those from a client, so I was uh, I was a pretty nice gift. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So, yeah. David. Tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, why, why, why are you called newbie Brown? Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm more newbie to the podcast. I hope than, than to personal training. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so I studied economics in Hungary, and then I realized that sitting in front of the computer like this is not what I want to do with my life. <laughs> so. So right, I we'll wanted... see you later then. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so I wanted to do the PT course, but it takes two years in Hungary. Wow. So I, yeah, you don't learn, you don't learn more. It just, it's just a different structure. <laughs> no, just... you don't learn at all. <laughs> you just come in. I was going to say, oh, yeah. six months of you lectures. Guys, you, just, you just do four. And that's yeah, you good. yeah. Amazing. That's why yes. six months in this country you can get it done in no, six no, days. Two, two, no, years. two years. Oh, two sorry, years. two years. Yeah, yeah. wow. Yeah. Goodness, wow. I, I don't even know what they can spend that much time on. Yeah, yeah. When it's like you learn, you learn the same stuff. Yeah, the same nothing as here, exactly. <laughs> the same. Nothing. You might as well do nothing for six weeks instead of nothing for two years, right? Exactly. It's, uh, that's that's wild man i thought when you said two years i was like man that must be intense like that must be that's legit it's like no. oh if there was <laughs> if there so. was any knowledge I, I would have stayed on yeah 
feel like yeah. that's going to be the new recommendation. I feel like clients ask me all the time, like, which which PT course should I do? I want to be a PT. I'll be like, just firstly, don't go to Hungary. Just uh, <laughs> yeah. stay in the UK. Do it in the UK, you'll be fine. Whichever one you do, it's better than everyone in Hungary. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so so what, why, why the uh, why the inclination to, to be a PT first? Where, where did that start? I think I always wanted to teach. Like, help, yeah. help not necessarily people, but, but help and, and teach. And I was teaching a bunch of things before because I was good at school and then I was really good at uh, classical guitar. So I was teaching a, a bunch of things, but I got interested in training. And there as well, I had a, a training partner that we always went to the gym with. And nice. I was kind of taking the lead because simply because I, I read more on training. And then, what, uh, sorry, go on, go on. and then that that somehow transferred into into becoming a PT. Nice, nice. And and early, early on, what kind of things were you reading? I found this really interesting because I remember I just, first just kind of things I used to read. Yes, there you go. <laughs> Nothing else. <laughs> just Polyquid. Just yeah. do, you, do you remember? Did you have any of his books, or did you find it online? Oh, so in Hungary you don't have money to to buy these things. You know, <laughs> I love so that. so it, it was just online. Okay, you know okay. everything in everything in PDF format, nice. and yeah, I read everything, all his articles, everything. Do you, do you ever try? About... Sorry, go on, go on, Jim, go on. Yeah, yeah. What was it about Paula Quinn's uh, philosophy that spoke out to you? Uh, mainly that he actually had a philosophy. You know, like he seemed more thoughtful, more like insightful than other mm. people. I, yeah. I could I could see the thinking behind it, right. and back then I I didn't have as much of an understanding on on biomechanics, nutrition, pretty much anything because like mm. we all know that Polyquin has some like interesting ideas as well, mm. but at least he had some like more science based ideas, and then I just tried mm. to branch out. You know, it's it's hard when you when you try to learn something from scratch. That you don't know who to trust and who not to. Yeah. So I think the reliable way is just finding one person that you trust and just kind of branching out. You know, whoever they mention. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you start reading up on them, and basically that's how I I got to to UP as well. Mm-hmm. It's on the Polyqueen website. He he has a bunch of uh, clients that he worked with, mm-hmm. uh, a bunch of uh, Olympic athletes and Nick Mitchell as well. So I was like, who is this Nick Mitchell guy? He looks scary. And <laughs> yeah. when I read up on UP, it turned it turned out to be to be a gym here in London. So I applied. I like that. So you like yeah, so you came over from Hungary to apply to work here? Um no, just to do the course. <laughs> just to do the course, right, yeah, yeah. Just to do a PT course because it would have taken two years in Hungary, but it takes mm. three months here. Three months? Mm-hmm. So just just to save time, but then yeah. seeing what what monies BTs make out here compared to the twelve pounds you can make uh, per hour in Hungary, mm. I, I decided to stay on. Yeah, yeah, cool. I like it, man. I like it. That's uh, early doors, Polycrine. I think was I definitely started there as well. And it's right. it's such a it's such a, I remember being the guy in the gym doing front foot elevated split squats with my clients and being like, <laughs> No, your yeah. ankle must go in your bum. Like it must go all the way up. Right. Yeah, but <laughs> like if it doesn't 
doesn't count. Like, but no bending on the back knee, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you start yeah, yeah, yeah. It hurts here, like everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I know it does. <laughs> hurts me there too. <laughs> solid, solid. Yeah. And it like dips where like your bicep must touch your shoulder. Like it doesn't count oh, otherwise. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So cool. But at the same time, I completely agree. Like the methodology looked so solid. And the fact that he could back it up with real results. And that's, that must have been what Nick Mitchell saw initially was that this is there's a business here. There's definitely a business here to, to market actual science, but then show people, look, everyone can do it. And, you, and uh, I mean, that's, that's, that's what, what got us to UP, what got me to UP was like, oh, these guys are really doing it. They seem to have a method. And uh, even with, with Polygrin, I felt like there was always questions that I had. We, we talked recently about Pat Davidson and how we listen to him. And sometimes there's, oh, I've got more questions now, which is probably a good thing. You know, I mean, it just, mm. it just shows the gaps in our knowledge. But um you can see the appeal from the outside of, of, of UP. It's like, oh, you got these results. How did you do it? And before you know it, there's trainers like yourself and me kind of showing up at the doorstep, being, oh, I want to work here too. I want to learn the ways. Um, and, and, and touching on that briefly, like, obviously, I, I, know, I know how that UP time was for both of us. But um, how, how have you found it kind of peating in London? What, 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 what was the initial start of it like for you? And how has it gone from there? I think I got it very easy with, with mm-hmm. getting a job at UP. Like I know a lot of people struggle with, with making a living and picking up clients and, and I, I would have definitely struggled um, without UP, mm-hmm. especially with how my English was back then. I used to be much smaller, older. Like I was very polyquin based, but not like, wasn't clear enough on a lot of things around training and nutrition. And basically UP just gave me an opportunity to to fill up these gaps mm. and and to just to just grow really so i got it pretty easy with that even even with how up was mm-hmm. yeah, because yeah that's that, true it gave me all the opportunities even if it was harsh in ways mm-hmm. and that, that's that's a that's a really good summation i think because it definitely isn't isn't the ideal working environment or structure i'd say but because you're kind of relying on people to, to give you more than maybe what they can. Um, but then it, it highlights for you where you're weak and, and definitely highlights where you need to go away and do the work. And, and there's no deficit of, of training, like application sometimes there, right? That people, you do get pushed. Um, maybe not as much as when we, when we were there now, but our experience I think was, was a wholly positive one in terms of helping us develop at the start for sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's a really good, really good place for, developing trainers i think mm-hmm. and for like i think 20 week within 20 week results for clients but not i, I i'm not sure if it's if it's a long-term place to stay in mm-hmm. because you just burn out especially as a as a trainer right? mm. and as a client i think i think sometimes the uh the second phase of programming it's like people always talk about like if you're an artist writing your second album is like tough because you don't know where to go and i'm sure you can speak on this better way better than i can but uh hmm. i found that a struggle i found that we could have the initial six two week boot camp and then okay start including carbs from berries and put a little bit around post-workout everyone did the same thing right and yeah. uh then afterwards it's more like uh it's it's okay well here's the transformation what do you do now and everyone shows up and it's like, okay well I remember I think Simon Dutton was the first person that I we had on uh, that was 
always big on okay how do we improve the longevity product because we just don't have that right now we're known as the 12 week guys i mean right before i started at up i thought people only came for 12 weeks i was like people yeah. will show for 12 weeks and they'll go i will never have them again and that that's genuinely why i thought like it, it sounds dumb to think it now from a business retention stamp, standpoint but um yeah i felt like they had, they had that reputation yeah, it felt like it as well. I mean, like I was somebody who I, I've never worked for them, but that was like body transformation, new P, 12 weeks. That's what anybody who I knew thought um, and anybody who was, I was working with thought that that's what it was about, basically. It's just, oh, it's a 12-week body transformation program. That's it. Mm-hmm. I didn't yeah. even used to know where the 12 weeks was coming from. Yeah. But it's pro- probably just that in like old school bodybuilding, their mm-hmm. like prep phase, used to last 12 weeks i think mm-hmm. yeah yeah I, like I, I, training training camps for like mma fighters 10 to 12 weeks everything's just like 12 weeks it were 12 weeks out from being ready for anything yeah exactly. yeah. yeah i feel like i feel like poliquin he cites arnold schwarzenegger quite a lot when it comes to like some of his some of his training methodology sometimes especially when it comes to like supersets and like uh pairing body parts sometimes and i feel like if that might have started around there I haven't read it, but I feel like if, if Arnold would have said, would have said like a normal run into a contest would have been 12 weeks, like David, like, like similar to what you just said there, I feel like that would have worked its way in and, and uh, seeped into the methodologies a little bit. Yeah, I quite like that. I quite like that. The, the roots of these things are also in like just old school bodybuilding. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, yeah. It's fun. I was going to say earlier, like, I remember, do you remember trying a polyquid workout and like sticking to it for a, for a long period of time? Into which one? Do you remember any any particular polyquin workout and sticking to it for a long period of time? I just I only know that there was a session where I used to train only arms yeah. and like six exercises, bicep, six for tricep. <laughs> wow! <laughs> so it used to be fun. I know I know that workout because I did the same one. Do you? I did the same one. <laughs> Probably the exact same one. Yeah. The, the, the second um, second meso cycle where you're doing where you're doing uh, sets of two for preacher curls. And it's, and it's like it's like eight sets of two on on your ninety five percent max on preacher curls. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Same thing for dips. And then it goes back yeah. into volume and, and intensification. I, yeah, that I, I feel like that's such a like you said because of the framework it provides. It's uh, it's so much fun as a trainer to just get hold of a new program. And be like, yeah, let, let's go crazy on this now. See how uh, see how long I last before my joints fall to pieces. <laughs> I can just imagine this. The two of you is just like just these ginormous arms right and then just everything is just, <laughs> after after you finish that workout it's just like this slimline body and these arms are just twice as wide as your, like, your waist <laughs> try to after the workout try to google quadracarb and see how do you get this in the uk like i probably yeah. keeps talking about this amazing carb formula i don't know i don't know how to do it oh, man, he, was, he, was a, he was a good salesman as well it was, it was interesting stuff uh anyway david going on to the rest of pt so you you work at UP, you have that experience from there. Where does it then take you and where are you now with uh, with that side of things? So we went, went freelance and I don't want to be, sound harsh, but those things, I learned a lot of things at UP that I'm obviously still using to these days, but a lot of things I'm now, now trying to unlearn. Mm, right, so because I feel like UP was made for the masses, both in terms of clientele and for trainers as well. So they don't individualize enough. 
Mm-hmm. And mainly because you have to teach the system somehow, right? Mm. Mm. So it has to be uniform towards the trainers as well. Mm. So I'm not trying to learn how to individualize more on every aspect of it. Try to learn how to prioritize health more rather than just the before after picture. Yeah. The before after is easy actually. You just mm-hmm. have to have to convince someone to not eat, basically. And <laughs> yeah. genuinely. But optimizing their their health and actually getting them stronger in the gym, getting them not to hate life during the whole process as well. That's that's mm-hmm. different. And that's that's what the the before after pictures don't tell you about, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. There's um there's some interesting thoughts around that. It's like well, first of all, it's like, how did you how did you arrive at that conclusion that okay, we're working with period, people for a certain period of time, but it's actually not providing them sustainable results? Like, um, how did you yeah how did you ultimately arrive at that, and then like decide what actually needs to be done and how you're going to go about doing it? Well, the whole thing came from me like trying to be more of a teacher rather than a trainer. Hmm. So if my client client comes back fat, then I failed as a teacher, right? Because I didn't yeah. give them the tools to stay lean. Hmm. Yeah, sure. And I think that's the biggest failure that you can you can have as a trainer. Hmm. Because that just proves that your systems weren't weren't sustainable. The knowledge that you gave the client wasn't wasn't deep enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's what it is. That's interesting because yeah. you have got to you got to really break down. Like you talked about at UP, it was almost like the the result was everything. The experience was always talked about, right? Like other clients getting an experience, but is that experience preceding deeper levels of um, understanding, which are actually going to see us through much further? And I think it, it's always kind of finding that that I felt like. The, at UP, they may have heavily weighted the experience uh, over the education. And mm. it's for me, as I think that they would do the same, or all of us in the same in this chat, about like the education is the experience. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's the real thing we should have been chasing all along. You know what I mean? It's like mm. there's only so many drop sets and so many prowler runs you can do with someone before. It's like, guys, come on now. This is a bit redundant. Like we're going to just kill this person who's, who's been sitting in an office chair for the last 15 years and now it's gonna they're gonna just go all out until the legs turn to jelly i mean we've seen that too many times but really that person now leaves feeling like their 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 butt is like on fire and that their whole body is like burnt out but they don't know anything you know they just know that they've been trashed it's like where does that take them apart mm. from to feeling worse you know because I mean? they just mm. they don't have they're not armed with the with the education like you said and the before mm. afters are always taken of the survivors Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's, that's, that's interesting. So, so that's interesting. So, like, what's what's the drop off rate for somebody starting a program and then actually finishing it in that kind of uh, intensity? Yeah, this is where where the whole system backfires, I think, because everyone's just being pushed for the fast result as opposed mm-hmm. to individualizing. And some people just simply cannot take the the prowler runs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You cannot you cannot get a, a a picture transformation out of them. They can mm-hmm. they can progress progress in different aspects, but that's not what you get rated on. 
necessarily, right? Yeah, yeah. Then that, that's that's a there's a problem there because, like you said, I remember having this chat. <laughs> we can get into this kind of deeper, but I mean, having this chat openly uh, within within management and within everything else, and just saying, look, we're chasing the wrong thing here. You know, I mean, I know the business is kind of the way the business is, but the it, the game's going to be up soon because not not recognizing individual client abilities as well as individual trainer abilities i feel like is is we're missing a buck here because there'll be trainers like yourself who who will be able to get clients to adhere to a meal plan but then uh, maybe maybe okay pushing them on the gym floor might be slightly different okay so we'll, we'll work on that we still have to we still have to congratulate where it's going really really well and i feel like that was always seen as a as a, as a downside where it's like okay are you giving the experience are you giving the experience are you giving the experience it's like but is that even a thing to, to to lord over everything else mm. and, and yeah that that's where that's where like you said it starts to backfire mm. yeah, yeah, yeah yeah that's so, that's interesting so go on, G. what would you guys say to the pros and pros and cons of that model that 12 let's call it the 12 week transformation model um versus sustainable results like there is a place for it where do you think that place is though compared to where it actually gets put in, in your experience that you've seen? Go ahead. I feel like you have to just experiment in the, in the beginning. And some people can do the fast transformation and can sustain it, but it highly depends on their background, what they, what they start with. Obviously, the more you have to lose, the longer it's going to take. Hmm. And the more the likelihood of a rebound is mm. when you have to lose more, right? As opposed to just mm. losing six kilos, whatever, and then you just crack on with your life. Mm. Mm. That's a good point. That's yeah. a good point. I, I think it sounds sometimes now, I think as coaches, we're all much more adept than where we were, especially when we were, when David and I were, when we met. And uh, it's, you can read a client really well. And sometimes you can look at a person and just, now like one of the things i'll do with clients is like a stress evaluation and be like okay are you are you actually at a place where we can put more stress on your body because this is going to be more stress in whatever ways it is controlling food sometimes at slightly at caloric deficit that's a perceived stress we're going to try and alter your alter your schedule to some degree that's at the start going to be a perceived stress um i'm going to tell you to breathe differently you'd be like what the f no <laughs> like i i i draw the line here you know what i mean like where where do you yeah. jump in because there's all these things that we can actually start manipulating, but mm. are you ready for that? You know, I, mean, I was having a really good chat with Bilal this morning, and um, that was one of the things he was saying is that at the start, it's a case of just starting. You know, let's just start walking in one direction because anything in this direction is going to be better than you be walking in that direction for the last 20 years, and we've got to start mm. calling you back now. You know, because because that's uh, it's it, it, you just can't keep going that way. But if you if you overload somebody with Sometimes what we were doing over there, which we talked about, and, and I had a chat with JP. You never met JP, did you, David? JP? JP Cronin. No, no. No? Okay, okay. Um, I, had a, I had a chat with JP this week, and he was he was even agreeing to the point where, like, it's sometimes, yeah, it was it was definitely too much on the training side of things and not, not enough on the let's look at the client in front of us because that's the important thing. That's the, that's the thing we're trying to move forward. You know I mean, that's uh, it's, it's almost like a teacher, like you use the teacher analogy. I love that analogy because say you're in a classroom full of 30 kids. 
the difficult thing about being a teacher is that you have to almost individualize your approach and generalize some things because they'll have to learn the syllabus, but there'll be some kids that can do it and some kids that just have a difficult home life and you have to adapt, adapt it from there. Some kids that, that don't like to eat their, their, their greens and you have to adapt it there. You can't just be like forced to get down their faces. Otherwise you end up like a kindergarten cop and screaming that there is no bathroom, right? So it's not good. <laughs> there so. are no bathrooms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no. That's true. And it's crazy that sometimes you have to like approach it with the same patience as well as if you were handling uh, children. Because it can be mm -hmm. tricky because the people that signed up for UP, they are top of the food chain, right? Mm. But you sometimes, yeah, go on. Sometimes you you really have to be patient with with explaining them all these things, trying to refine their approach because even though they're high up there, they know what they should be doing. They won't necessarily do it if you don't present it right. Mm, yeah, mm -hmm. I totally agree. I totally agree. That's interesting because it's uh, like we didn't. Did we say off air or did we say on air that you were saying that these people have worked in the city and they've they've kind of pushed themselves to to this level, but they're almost coming to us because there's a big deficit that we need to then plug in. And and it's it's like you said, David, like you've got to come in and offer the most agreeable solution there and then for them to just jump on the train and start moving in the right direction. Yeah. That can be, can be hard because they they see your transformations, they see UP's transformations, they come there for the 12-week result and you tell them instead to, to start sleeping and, and to just do a few more steps, eat yeah. more greens. That's not yeah. what they're there for, right? They're there for the hardcore <laughs> training and the 10-week apps. Yeah, that's mm. it. That's it. I'm, I'm, I distinctly remember being at UP and then being like, okay, for the first X amount of time, first crop of clients, I'm going to be UP. I'm going to use the expression, I'll leave my bags at the door. I'm not going to try and influence this. I'm going to just, just let you guys take the wheel and I'm going to be a driver. Okay. So I was the biggest slave driver ever. Like, you remember me like I was, <laughs> I was bought, I was bought to do that. Right. I was bought to Mayfair to be like, everybody needs to kick up their ass or something. And this guy will do it. Right. So fine, whatever. I'll do that. If you need me to, need me to be the cheerleader, I'll be the cheerleader. Right. Um, but I always remember Nick Daniel stood out in my mind, Nick Daniel and some, to some extent, Simon as well, because they were the only one, they were the ones on the gym floor that I'd look at and be like, then their clients are not puking. Their clients are not kind of, uh, <laughs> dragging their heels. And, and Nick, Nick always stood out because he'd just be, his client would, would generally look happier as they went through the process. Whereas every other's client <laughs> would just go and just fall off the cliff <laughs> and kind of drag, drag themselves in. Like you said, the survivors, um, and it just, it just shows because the, the product they're providing right now is so much more in line with what the world needs, I think. And I also think these days that we knew how to get a result back then at UP. Now we know how to get a result. But our responsibility is not getting the result, but how much damage we do mm. as opposed to improving, like either damaging them or improving them during that time frame that you get to the result, right? Mm. Because we used to do a lot of damage at yeah. UP. I definitely used to do. Yeah, same, same, 100%, 100%. That's really, that's really interesting. Really, really, um, it's, it's, it's definitely an important thing to be aware of as you go through your PT, I think any profession, right? You don't want to be a doctor who's prescribing bad medicine. Um, and, and now if we, if we know there's better medicine out there, it's, it's a case of, okay, learn the full context behind it. Like, like shallow says it in his course, like words matter. And, uh, and, and the, the nuances of this exercise versus that breathing pattern versus this stance versus that progression. It's all there for a reason, right? This is, this is why we're upskilling and, and going forward with that. Um, 
yeah, you talking about shallows. Both of you have just just uh, graduated. Yeah, graduate prescript level one. Love it, love it. Yeah, both. You got your certificate. Got your certificates and everything. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Through. Yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that stuff. <laughs> so David's a little woohoo. <laughs> typical, typical oh, David. I did see. I, I did yeah, see yeah. that. I saw that on Shallows. Is uh, yeah, on his Insta story. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, okay, that was David. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. How? What? What? What were your? What were both your um, takeaways from the course? How did you find it? Okay. Tell uh, us what you think, David. Yeah. First of all, uh, Jordan just needs to get a like a referral system for Umar because he makes so much <laughs> money off Umar. <laughs> it was nice. Um, we'll, we'll, send, we'll send him this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love the damn course, man. I'll be like, all oh, my friends, please go do it. It'll better your life. You'll love exactly. it too. Not even friends. Your mom, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Send everyone send. there, man. Send it everyone. Yeah. I love it. It was it was it was a good experience for me. That was one of those like I think uh, who's who's somebody Jordan shared um, their their reaction to the finishing the course, and it was that they were sat there like with a blank look on their face after week one or something with a note with a notepad full of notes, and uh, that's exactly how I was. I was like, no way! Like this is this someone did it. Someone someone like figured it out. And I was just like, this yeah. is. I remember finishing the finishing every lecture. Just with like, I need to tell somebody about this shit. Like all you guys gotta gotta <laughs> yeah. gotta, gotta gotta hear about it. Like, I just spread the spread the word. So uh, yeah, now that you guys have both done it, what's uh, what's 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 the what's the what's the review? The first few weeks were I feel like they were the deep end, mm-hmm. right? As opposed to the the finish of the course where where it was more RTSE, mm-hmm. I would say. So like the the individual like biomechanics of different muscle groups as opposed to like approaching the whole system and the mobility part of it. RTS, which, being, RTS being resistance training systems. Yeah. Specialists, yeah. Specialists, Specialists. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So for me that was that was that I had to learn more about the mobility mm-hmm. and I still don't I have to admit I still don't understand it a hundred percent mainly because I just don't even know about many of these drills. So while Jordan was talking about it, I had to look up what like thread the needle is and stuff like that. Yeah. And a lot of these that I don't, haven't really heard about before because Polyquin never talked about thread the needle. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. Polyquin didn't say it, it didn't exist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, what, about, what about after the first few weeks, David? How, how did you kind of, the application of the course and, and we've had a little chat about applying it to clients now. Where do you, where's your thought process around that? Oh, yeah, I chat a lot to you about it. And I'm seeing more things. Hmm. I just have to figure out how to get them sorted. So mm-hmm. that's, that's the first step, seeing them, because so far I haven't seen those. Yeah. I, f- I found that it's it started to pull at my programming um, without me like being too aware of how to structure a week, a phase, a month, a, a like a 12 week. And I, I've always thought that you can't, I've always looked at natural periodization and been like, how can you tell me what's going to happen in 12 weeks? I don't know what's going to happen on Tuesday. Like, like it doesn't, it, I, we can, we can loosely take it somewhere. Like I want to be stronger. I want to be powerful by then. And I can, I can, I can take my training forward with the, with the, um, 
like the le- leveling up along the way, right? But I feel like the what it's done for me is it's totally changed how I do the right now. And then that, if I stand on that, then I can go to the next phase. If I stand on that and do that right, I can slowly kind of move forward. So it's it's definitely shaken it all up a little bit. I find that mm-hmm. I find it interesting. Have you found the same thing? With planning, not necessarily. Mm-hmm. I feel like you can plan more the less jam pop the client is, right? Yeah. Because you okay. can you can lay down the whole plan. Mm. But if they decide to go on a random holiday and then they get ill and whatever. It just whole, the whole thing just gets delayed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as opposed be... to as opposed to less jump up clients who you can actually plan ahead for like a year with. Mm. Fair, fair enough, fair enough. What about yourself, Jake? Yeah, man, it was great. It was because, um, like, uh, I, for me, the I've got because I've got more of that rehab and functional training background as well. Like, it was like that first half of me wasn't too bad, but it was good to get those different perspectives because. He's a chiropractor slash powerlifter as well. You know, as a rare combination. Uh, like I don't, I don't really see that, and and also fucking stacked. So, so it's like it just that combination is like okay, that's somebody I want to learn from because this is the next stage for me. I want to understand about resistance training uh, systems and profiles and strength curves and uh, all that kind of stuff. And so, uh, yeah, the first half for me, it was like okay, I can hang with this. This is cool. And then when it was the second half, that was the stuff that was a little bit more thought provoking for me as well just understanding how to understanding um the 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 place for um isolation training and making sure we incorporate function and action function and action uh, depending on the depending on the goal that you're achieving but uh, the thing that really stood out for me was matching the uh, strength curve with the resistance profiles that was uh, that was super important it's like okay well you can't just hit every muscle um you can't hit a even just one specific muscle efficiently with one movement you need Mm -hmm. to actually break it down into uh, uh, several movements to be able to get uh, in terms of like hypertrophy uh get more of get more of a response from that and then in terms of uh, strength training as well so it just got me for me it was really useful for me to think about uh, that kind of thing um, and programming on that front and I really liked what you said about just basically, you know, indexing exercises, just having it in your head is like this, this, and this. Once we've done that, we move on and we go here, here, and here. Mm. Um, and yeah, I just like the logic. I like the the thought uh, that's gone behind behind it, the thought pattern into it. Because um, he's very he's very verbose as well, but he's he's very very good at being logical and communicating the point which is rare which is rare to find so um i really resonated with a lot of a lot of what was being said basically and um because i had that grounding in the functional side of things with the rehab side of things with the mobility and stability side of things and it was mostly all right i want to understand how to apply strength a lot more and uh, and that was the stuff which was really um really getting me going and um, yeah, so it's yeah, super good, man. Super useful for that. Um, it was. I like that it's called prescript because it's just basically this is this is what you need. This is what the script that you should follow to be to be a coach. This is how you want to be a coach. You want to have this programming down, but you also want to understand that there's an individual in front of you, and you want to understand their body and their process as opposed to here's a program just do that because uh, that's not that's not how it works as we've just talked about you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. definitely gives you the 
the tools to individualize and, and kind of like he, like he says about about uh, ruling things in and ruling things out, qualitative yeah. and quantitative um, assessments, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. uh, having that criteria, I think you can put that across the entire board. We talked about like stress management um, yeah. and whether, okay, well, do you qualify for more stress? Well, no, it's okay, we rules things out. Um, and the same thing for like, okay, do you qualify to even move your arm over your head? Well, you don't, but we need to, like he says, bake it into the program and whatever. It's it's a fun, it's a, it's a fun kind of, uh, if, if, if I got to UP and they were teaching that, I think I'll still be there now. That's, uh, I can poss- possibly say that. But funnily enough, that's what I recommended to them. And that's what they're doing now. So I had to, I had to sneak that in. So. <laughs> <laughs> got that one back. Anyway. Innovator Brown, <laughs> not just mentor Brown. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, mystic, mystic Mac Brown. I told you, I told you. (laughs) Anyways, anyways. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a yeah. It's fun, but then, but then, but then, David goes ahead and signs up to uh, to what's it called, David? What did you What did you sign up for recently? Uh, Rethinking, rethinking, rethinking the big patterns. Yes. Yeah, with Pat David, Pat Davidson. Uh, Yeah, did uh, so, Pat David. uh, when I did prescript the, the semester before you guys, um, Jordan mentioned a guy called Pat Davidson, and that obviously, like you said about Poliquin, they trust these guys. Okay, I'm going to go and research these guys too, and uh, leads us to his page, and he's talking about his stuff, and he's squatting like crazily with with nothing but knee flexion and hips like right above his ankles. He's talking about breathing and ventilation, and you know oh, what the hell? I've got to learn all this stuff too. So uh, <laughs> um, I think then I, t- I told David about him. Uh, and then you've gone away, away and researched it, and then you said, "Okay, well, I want to, I want to. Do you want to split this with me?" So we ended up getting, uh, getting the seminar and and watching that. So you, but then you you listen to that, and he doesn't believe in any of the so some, he doesn't believe in stability or mobility as as like uh, prerequisites or things you have to check in on. So there's always, really? like you said, yeah, he he has a completely different way of looking at it. Um, mm. which is really interesting. So, yeah, I, I, I like this this variance. It just leads you back to the same thing yeah, as yeah. you said earlier, David, which is find somebody that you resonate with and then just stick to them. And if they have other people that kind of branch off, then go and explore. But maybe maybe it's uh, yeah. you found your found your guy. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So what's, yeah. that, what's that about with... Uh, with uh, so if he's not into like uh, mobility, stability, strength, what's, uh, what's his angle? What's, uh, what's his take on the things? So I've not got through a lot of the recordings just yet, but mm. it's it's more to do with um, positioning of certain parts of the body and concentric and eccentric orientations, and then how if something is concentrically orientated, it will then cascade to the next thing and and you've almost got to kind of root back to the initial cause and then try to revert the orientation. But sometimes it is, I'm not going to do this any justice <laughs> because it's, it's, he, ta- he takes about 15 hours to describe his own thing. I'm going to try and do it <laughs> in, in five minutes. Um, yeah. He talks a little bit about pressure and how pressure plays a role in the body and, and how uh, the system is basically a system of, pressure like you can you hold pressure in certain compartments and your, the, the the con the orientation of the muscle will allow or won't allow for that so improving that the muscles the the the, the local capacity to house pressure or, or exert pressure i think he, he touches on that kind of stuff a little bit as well which is which is again totally different 
take on things and uh yeah he doesn't he doesn't so remember i post that the question in our group g we we, we have a group about prescript um yes. with me you and bilal in. uh that was what did i say i said how do you measure stability um it kind of actually came from him it came from him in the in the seminar and he was talking about how how to actually quali qualify stability and his, his whole thing is that if you can't measure it i don't want to look at it i want to just see qualitative results and qualitative things that i can see if i'm getting faster if i'm moving more weight if i'm if i'm actually uh having more measurable range of motion rather than saying oh i'm more stable what does that mean to him so yeah mm. different different uh different arguments on different sides of the spectrum there right you know it's yeah. like you can yeah quanti quantifying stability versus qualifying it in in terms of quality you can see how you know, hypertonicity, muscle tone, and things like that around a joint. And then if you change that, then it's like, okay, you've probably got better stability, right, uh, in the joint. If you've improved your range of motion, you've improved, um, you've likely improved, well, you want to, well, you can improve range of motion by improving flexibility. That doesn't necessarily mean you've got control of that new range of motion, right? But if you have that control, you've improved, um, you, you want to, improve the mobility on a base of stability so you need the joint to be stable and just by stabilizing it it can improve its range of motion mm -hmm. so there's um yeah so it sounds interesting from yeah I th yeah i'll have to i'll have to get into it but things you said is already like okay it just sounds like it's it's just what you say it's a different way of looking at it but it doesn't necessarily it doesn't sound like it necessarily means um, that there's uh, it's just a different language as opposed mm -hmm. to a different principle um, is, is what is what it seems like but uh, yeah that'd be interesting I just yeah I like hearing how different people kind of uh, uh, quantify and qualify these different things that we're all seeing in the body because I, mm. I feel like what ends up happening is is they may end up speaking a different language um, to express that but I feel that principally the best of the best are usually coming from the same place and, yeah uh, and a lot of times it can be a semantics thing. That's what I've found, at least just following lots of different people over the years is like, you know, functional patterns, for example, like Naudi Aguilar. He just likes mm. rubbing people up the wrong way. But <laughs> I like that guy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> me and Bilal repeat to him so hard. You're so funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's like, you know, a lot of the stuff he's saying, it's just not wrong, Is but he yeah. just likes being a dick about it, right? <laughs> and um, Whereas, you know, Ido Portal, the same sort of way is going to be, uh, he's he's talking about expressing movement, but it's got to come. It's coming from a different perspective, but it's you know the same thing. And then you know immaculate dissection, neurokinetic therapy, and then you know the bodybuilding world as well is like the people who are doing it well and the people who are doing it best. There's actually a lot of overlap, in, mm. and uh, and that's what it needs to be seen as is is um, that everybody should be working together to create a better system as opposed to. Here's my system is the best like yeah. functional patterns do and uh, it's like yeah exactly whereas it's, you know, it's just always ripping on people who are doing bodybuilding style workouts and training and stuff but it's yeah, like yeah. look man there's a place for everything you just yeah, gotta know yeah. how to do it well and you gotta understand the principle behind it so why don't you just fucking talk to each other instead of just being <laughs> dicks to each other you know and uh so and yeah so that's interesting to hear that different perspective uh, from sure. from davidson sure. I see it like uh, I see it like everyone's everyone's on the same merry-go-round, but we just got yeah. on a different horse. 
it's like it's fine we're all going the same way everyone's getting better at fitness and health and living. Yeah. but we're just like all going around like yeah this is yeah. cool i want to yeah. uh, i want to I, I'm, I'm cool being on my horse we're all we're all doing mm. the same thing you know i mean let's let's, yeah. let's not kind of uh try and stop the ride or whatever say your horse is yeah, shit. exactly because this is i mean because you know we've come at things from different angles like david is talking about okay i got a really good education here at uh, up but then you know i've realized that it's more than just that intense transformation it's about the lifestyle you came to that conclusion on your own as well and i'm somebody who's coming from the other end of the spectrum is trying to learn more of what both of you know and uh, but i've but i've been about that as well which is you know actually it's about the life as opposed to the the just the transformation it's about more than what the, it's about what that transformation represents and can that person sustain it for their life as opposed to hey we're just going to do this smash it and uh this is it and mm-hmm. there's uh, there, yeah there's a lot more to it and yeah i really like what you said at the beginning as well david which is just you know if i've not given you the tools to sustain the results then i failed because i haven't taught you anything i've just instructed you for a period of time and um and that was, I've started reading Miyamoto Masashi, the, the Book of Five Rings. And uh, I'm intrigued by it because obviously here's somebody who was a dedicated expert in his field. And it's like 380 years old. It's mad. Like his writings are from 1643. And one of the things that really rung out is because uh, I'm applying it as well in the program that I teach people. You just because it's it's in the context of martial arts, but you can apply it to anything basically. So it's like you know, a martial, like people think um, learning a martial arts degree isn't useful, but basically, um, if you've if you've learned it well, it's applicable in all things, and if it's taught well, uh, it is uh, it is applicable for all time as well. So I've, I've butchered the quote a little bit, but it's just basically. You can see it in all things and you can do it across time. It, 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 uh, it doesn't, uh, it's about the discipline. It's about the principles. It's not just about learning how to fight. And, and so that's what I try and do with my program, which is in the worst case scenario, you can still apply the tools and the principles of the program to your own life and that you can transfer these tools and experiences that you get into everyday life as well so into other things and which allow you to sustain the results but also if you find any gaps in whatever in other endeavors that you have in your life is actually i learned this thing maybe i can plug that in here as well i think that is that's key to helping people level up Mm, interesting man i I, I like that taking from taking from different sources david you before we came on you were talking about uh, atomic habits. I wonder if that ties into mm. what Jeeb is talking about there in terms of. Go on, if you think it does. Yes. Yeah, so, atomic habits. James Clear. He talks about uh, how sometimes people get defined by what they do. I'm a CEO. I'm a like I used to be a classical guitar player, and when I stopped that or when this something particular identity gets taken away from you, you have like a massive identity crisis. Mm. And Mm. as opposed to this, you should think about yourself in more broader terms. So as opposed to being like a CEO, you you could think about yourself as someone who just builds things. 
and that's going to be harder to to be taken away from you as opposed to just selling a company you can still be someone that builds uh things and i was thinking about this as well how because i do do a presentation for my clients every every week uh on zoom and it was about about atomic habits and habits and a bunch of bunch of these environmental how to how to engineer your environment these kind of things and i was wondering how you could implement these with these obviously highly successful clients that can afford us whether they could take their identity from their work and implement it into training and nutrition so for example for example when they when they go out uh, and and have have like a social meal it doesn't have to derail their whole progress because they cannot be like peer pressured Mm. into into like drinking more or eating more same as how they cannot be like pressured uh, socially at work um, mm. I just yeah. like yeah. this is this is like a bit too abstract. I haven't really found the solution to it, but I think there's something there to think about. Mm. Yeah, mm. go for it, man. I like abstract. <laughs> see where see where you can turn it concrete. And the okay. same as how same as how they some people just like never quit in in, the, in their jobs, right? They just succeed whatever it takes, especially the the clientele that we deal with. They could implement the same approach and they can realize that they are someone that, that doesn't back, back off or doesn't like run away from challenge. They can implement that when, when training or when nutrition or, or the whole process gets more challenging Yeah, because they're someone, someone who just don't give up. Mm-hmm. It's almost like it's a way of life. It's not what you do. It's just your way of life. Yeah. 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 I mean, then that, that being transferred across the whole thing. I remember Elliot Hassoun, another guy who worked at UP with us, um, also doing his online thing. He was at City. He, he left really early on. I think he left before even you joined. Um, he he said this thing once where it was like, uh, he took it back to religion. He was like, if it was your religion, you were that, that strongly tied to it to like say, okay, I don't drink alcohol. It's a religious thing. It's, it's obviously a personal choice, but it's yeah, I don't, don't drink alcohol. Yeah. So then I just don't drink alcohol. Like, it's just the way I am. Like, that's my way. I don't, uh, I don't want, I don't need to think about it. I don't need to use willpower now. It ties into what you were saying last week, G, about like kind of uh, non-negotiables. Mm. Um, and just having that, this, I don't use my brain space for this. I don't have to take up mental, mental uh, time thinking, of, yeah, yeah, real estate, because it's just not an option for me. It's a similar thing, mm-hmm. right? You'd, uh, you'd, you'd, you would just, the decision would be made because of who you are rather than what you do. Yeah. That's the other thing Atomic Habits talks about as well, that the more a certain behavior aligns with who you are, the more you're going to keep it up because the more pride you take in it and, mm-hmm. and the, the less it aligns with you, the, the harder it is to, to keep up with something. So mm-hmm. even, even if it's a negative thing, because you're known as someone who always arrives late, then it becomes your identity, right? So even if not on a conscious level, you will keep up those habits that that result in you being late. Yeah. So that's why the first part of of Atomic Habits is about how 
you should first try to change your identity and how you view yourself and then implementing the things that that are going to actually result in that is going to be easier yeah absolutely you've got to identify with your goals right otherwise uh, it's yeah it's so easy especially in the culture that we have now where you can see what everyone else is doing at the click of a button and so you see somebody doing it like uh it could be anything. It could be from, you know, traveling across the world. It's like, oh, their life looks amazing. Or it could be somebody who's in the gym and pushing that prowler uh, sled. And you're just like, oh, they look like they, they, they're in shape and they know what they're doing. Maybe I want that too. But you, you have to really ask yourself that question. Like, do I actually want that? You know, and it's very easy to fall down a certain path and certain track just because you see it everywhere else around you. And you think, oh, yeah, okay, I'll just, yeah, that's what I'm supposed to do. But then the struggle is really, really real. And in a lot of ways, when you actually step back from all of that and check in with yourself and be like, hang on, let me just identify what it is that I actually want. Is it coming from a source like deep in my core? Is like, yeah, okay, that is. Then the struggle is something that you're totally willing to bear because in the, like, uh, the words of Nietzsche is like, a man with a strong why can bear almost any how. And because you got that why, because you identify with that goal, you're going to push yourself forward to do it, and uh, it doesn't it doesn't take away um, it doesn't take away much from you by by going for it. Your that sacrifice doesn't feel like as much of a sacrifice because you identify with it. And this is why why it's really hard to have people who just get pressured to do your training because because their partner. Mm. Want them to get lean, for example. Yeah. They're fine, they're happy, yeah. but the partner's complaining, but yet they have to do the work. It's hard. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's tricky, it's like, you know, projecting, right? So, and then then they come along, it's like, yeah, I want to lose weight. You ask, really, it's like, you don't look like you care about it. <laughs> so, I'm going to actually have to turn you away because this isn't your goal, this is somebody else's goal. So, I come back when uh, when you actually want to do it. And turning turning them away is hard. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and but that's, that's that's the right decision. There's yeah. there are some people that I should have turned away. Like mm. whenever someone doesn't reach their goal, I always blame myself. But mm. there's really just a few people that you just can't help unless they want yeah. to be helped. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Entirely. And yeah, they really help you level up as well because you've got to be quite a lot more objective, right? You've got to pull yourself out of that situation and be like, okay, what did I do well? What did I not do so well? And with everything that I have in my arsenal, could I help this person? If I knew a little bit better, could I help this person? And if the answer is still no, then like, okay, my soul is clean. It was it was down to that person, you know? Yeah, otherwise, if you just take their money anyways without helping them. Yeah. It's just no gonna come, yeah. No, bad, bad relationship, bad reputation. That's it. 100 percent. Exactly. Yeah. That. What do you think are some of those identifying factors for you yourself, David? Like, was there was there a time where you didn't think about that much yourself, and now hearing that articulated, do you think there's anything that you personally have developed as a result? Repeat that one more time, please. So your your learnings from Atomic Habits, being being like identifying not with the the work, but identifying with with uh, with 
like virtues almost right like you mm. so yeah, do you think there's any of those that have developed within you while you've been doing this job or while you've been kind of just going through life i'm not sure i understand still okay yeah. okay how, how much i think I it's um i think i think it's like what have you learned from atomic habits which has helped you to identify your mm. the, your true goals oh okay so one of them <laughs> is that is that right Uma? <laughs> I, just go, I just go back to articulate bro, from last week <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, one of on. them is that i don't really enjoy training legs mm. but i always train hard whatever yeah. body parts so when i do train legs i train it hard and that's something mm. i take pride in Mm. So that's something that I, I will carry on doing, for example. Beautiful. The, these kind of things. I like yeah. it. I like it. Facing the adversity. Yeah, man. Yeah. Facing facing it. your facing your own adversity. Mm. Yeah. Okay. 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 I like Especially that. Especially when you don't like it, because that's the thing as well. Is I tend to find like the thing that you don't like is like okay, I need more of that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you said it to me. You said it to me about this podcast. He said, he said, uh, I mean, I'm going to spill the beans on this. He was like, I'm scared. I'm scared. So let's do it. Yeah. So that's, yes. that's exactly what you need to do. I love that. I love yeah, that. Boy. Yeah, yeah. That's what, uh, that's what Raminda did as well. When she came Oh, on. really? Um, yeah. My client Raminda, when she came on, she was like, oh, okay. Yeah. She did. She, when she realized she felt like, oh, this is kind of scary. She said, yes. So mm. it was, uh, it was amazing. I love that as well, because you, know, you, you basically increase the boundaries of uh, comfort by doing that. You step into that uh, you overstep the boundary into discomfort and then all of a sudden once you've done it you're you're fine with it and you're like okay yeah, i could do this again and uh that's the beautiful thing about doing legs and approaching it like that is like if i can do legs and still work hard everything else is easier man <laughs> everything else is easier it's uh it makes such a difference for sure man for sure i had, I had that moment yesterday I, I spent i spent four hours driving yesterday and then cool. and then uh finished so finished what i was doing i would drove up to leeds uh finished what i was doing there came back and a similar thing you know you know when you're just falling asleep at the wheel you're just like, i'm so tired but oh, I, I know man. i if, if i if, if i don't if i don't train today then i don't want to train I, I don't have time to train tomorrow because i want to use tomorrow as a rest day before starting on a monday so i have to go like now and doing front squats pause front squats after Ooh. like all of that and then do, do you know what's been happening in my body recently is that I feel like I'm I'm accessing my nervous system in the right way to the point where it's just giving me trusting me with more and more of range of motion, more and more like accessibility mm -hmm. around joints. So like the 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 variability, we'll put it that way, to use a prescript term around my hips and around my ankles and whatnot, it's just improving. So now mm -hmm. it's a psychological thing to be like, okay, I'm using a, a weight that I've used in the past, but the range of motion was much less. Now I've got so much more range within which I can literally bury myself in. And that is scary. That's not a scary thing, but it's unknown. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like yeah, I've yeah. done, I've done 60 kilos more than this, but it's, it's through a range that I've never been to or been comfortable pausing in for two seconds. Like mm -hmm. that's, that's the mind fuck. But it's, it's yeah. the, the thought I had yesterday was you almost got to just laugh at that and be like, Oh, what the, like I can't, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't get past it unless I actually try to get past it. And if I don't get past it, then I know I'm not there. And that, that's immediately the, uh, the, the thought I had. And I, I like that, that same thing happens to me, whether I'm doing like what I did yesterday or whether I'm sparring or whether it's anything like that, 
So oh, this is good. This is me finding out about myself. So I know I can course correct as a result of knowing this stuff rather than kind of avoiding it and uh, and and just procrastinating around the issue. I need to know where I'm shit so I can know mm. so I know where I need to focus my efforts because otherwise you just stand there all day like psyching yourself up and not actually doing the leg day or doing the squat. Yeah, yeah. that's beautiful, man. I love that. <laughs> Taking your body into the unknown. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man, for sure. It's the only way. It's the only way that you shy like to to do a Eckhart Tolle quote, right? Like, uh, yeah, to shine to shine light into the darkness is to like bring it out, right? It's to bring it forward into the known, mm. right? Like that mm. it doesn't survive. The darkness doesn't survive if if now there's light there, right? And that's yeah. that's that's what you're doing with 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 just going there and doing it. It's uh, it's it's not it's not unknown anymore. So it's not scary anymore. You know, I mean, you can just yeah, you just course correct afterwards. That's it. So. Mm because you've seen David doing the podcast circuit now as well, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not Just... scary anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's back to hobo load, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. That's a yeah. uh, leg, leg day from now on, David, is, is a regular thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, Every thinking. day. <laughs> love it, love it. Where, where, where is your training right now? What's, what's now that gyms are back open, open again? What's uh, what's it's training shit. for you? Yeah. I'm gonna be honest, it's shit. I didn't take the previous lockdown too well. Okay. I was okay. in a really good place before, and you know when you take a week off and it turns into four weeks, mm. that's what happens. And I managed to lose five and a half kilos in four weeks. Oh, shit. <laughs> of, of of muscle mass. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I suppose, yeah. What so, the hell, man? Yeah, exactly. I was, I was talking to a coach before and he was like, some people, they're just so gain, so hard to gain that they are on 7,000 calories. They miss one meal and they lose like five kilos. Now I feel like that's, that's me. <laughs> that's you. Is that... Uh, Probably not that bad. That's, that's, something, that's something you mentioned, right? Where you're like, uh, you, used to, you used to be a skinny, skinny guy and then is that what you into training? I still am, yeah, but I used to be way skinnier. Yeah, okay. Like when I turned, you definitely that, yeah. When I when I turned like forty kilos, I think we we threw a massive party with my mom because <laughs> I, <laughs> I was just so skinny my whole life. Wow. How old we? How old we? <laughs> like getting I a, full, don't, a I don't even know. I don't even know. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Man. But every That's... everyone else was around 50, 60, I think. Yeah. So I and I was I was told as well, or I am yeah. told. So yeah. it just makes it even worse. Mm-hmm. That's tough. Proper hard gainer. Yeah, man. It's like yeah. proper opposite ends of the spectrum. We were looking at some old family pictures the last two weeks. Mm. Mom's like, "You're you're four months old in this picture." I look at myself. I'm like, "I look like a three year old, man." That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's like, it don't look real. Like, what the hell? What do we? What do we? I'm four months old. I have a full head of hair. <laughs> A full head of hair. I look like a developed like, with, child. with a beard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Makes no sense. Just, so, yeah, just an absolute unit of a of a baby. I suppose. I suppose <laughs> if if there is a spectrum, right? Polycrit always talked about that. You, we could be on opposite yeah. ends, David. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So is that like uh, is that is that what got you into training? Is like I'm skinny. I want to put on some mass. Mm, yeah. 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 And then it turned into body weight training. Because yeah. my mom let me go to the gym <laughs> because she was afraid of me getting injured, but I managed to injure myself yeah. in every way with body weight. <laughs> yeah. 
body weight stuff's hard sometimes, well. The dexterity yeah, it's, to... it's harder to incrementally progress as well, right? Yes, yes. And that's what gets you injured. Yes. You know, because now you're doing pull-ups with two arm. Okay, next week, one-handed. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I, I get, get to my one-arm pull-ups, but it cost me a shoulder. <laughs> oh, shit. Man. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah, what's the price? He's like, yeah. I want to do this. What's the price? It's a shoulder and uh, probably probably a torn oblique somewhere as well. <laughs> <laughs> so true. So true. That, that that's We, we talked a little bit about uh, Chris Summer. And his like gymnastics bodies program when we were at UP a little yes. bit, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Is that is that another route you've been down with with all that stuff? Um, do you guys know a book called Convict Conditioning? Con, I've heard of Jailhouse no. Strong. That's as close as I'm yeah. going to get to Convict Somehow. Conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> they sound like they're written by the same guy. <laughs> yeah, Josh Bryant. I don't know. Somehow that kicked off this whole bodyweight training. Convict in, conditioning. Yeah, in in, in <laughs> Hungary. It, you you guys know the Pavel, yeah, the Russian guy with the kettlebell. Satsuli. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this comes from the same um, publisher, book publisher, and we don't even know the author's original name. So it might be Pavel himself, actually. Oh, wow. But it was it was massively popular in Hungary, and that's when everyone started bodyweight training. Basically, oh, it was it was broken down to six movements, I think. Um, Pull up, um, handstand push up, bridge, push up, bridge, okay, push up, and two more. And yeah. it took the progression down to 10 steps for everything. And you know, wow. it finished with ten, step 10 was, for example, one handed freestanding handstand push up. So, oh, as I'm the other what the fuck. <laughs> guys, guys, just watch Rocky Rocky Balboa and be like, nah, yeah. this is this is like <laughs> week three. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what the hell? Oh, Looking back unreal. at it, it was ridiculous. But, was, but I've never heard that in my life. One handed <laughs> handstand push up. Just, but it's, it's good because <laughs> it gives you a perspective. So, you know, when, when you're supposed to do one handed, handstand push up without a wall then the two-handed is so easy you know you're just... mm. <laughs> so it puts puts more puts other things as more achievable for sure yeah for sure so we were all, all competing with my friends on who could do which step yeah. and then that's that's how we all ended up with being able to do one arm pull-ups that's, how we, all like dis- that's that. how we all dislocated our shoulders <laughs> <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Love it, love it. I had that recently with uh, exercise progressions. I mean, you start and you do ab wheel rollouts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so doing them on your toes is an absolute ball ache, right? Ooh. And uh, that's the that's, length, the leverage. Yeah, and I, I got like albatross arms, right? Like this, this shit <laughs> yeah. just all the way out there. And my, my torso is really long as well. And uh, yeah, I, ca- I think I carry more of my weight in my hips and my legs than anything else. So getting them involved in the exercise, and my arms just like, what are you playing at, man? Give up. <laughs> <laughs> this, this ain't happening anytime soon. But uh, yeah, I'm currently feeling that, feeling, feeling the yeah. attempts of, of doing, just eccentrically loading it for now. Just slowly, slowly yeah. getting there. Yeah. But yeah, that, that's it. Uh, I got to break that down into a 10 step process, too. Yeah. Do it one handed, one toe. <laughs> I, remember, I remember Dom, Dom at UP. Do you, do you, do you ever train with Dom, David? Who's Dom? Dominic, uh, what was his surname? 
Um, the guy at City, no? He he did a oh, lot of bodyweight stuff. Was he Polish? I think so. Yes, I know, I know, yeah. I know. Yeah, 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 I think so. Yeah, yeah, he did a lot of bodyweight stuff. And I remember he could do like, uh, like he had these little like skateboard things that he would do. He would do a rollout on, on his toes and then just like do one arm in and one arm out and stuff. And that. now Ooh. thinking back, the guy was brutally strong. But uh, mm. yeah, and he could, yeah, crazy dexterity and stuff as well. So yeah, can be done, right? Can be done. Need someone to push the boat out all the way. Convict conditioning, baby. Everybody <laughs> pick, get, pick it up. <laughs> get on it. Let's go. Lock, lock down three. We all know what we're doing. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> get the nation traded, David. That's, that's yeah. just super random. That's, yeah, right. that's what I was doing, though, as well during lockdown. I was just calling my like workouts. I was just calling them jailhouse workouts. Mm. I was like JHWs or jail cell workouts. Sorry, JCWs is what I was calling them. That's a while. Have you, have you, either you read uh, Josh Bryan's book, uh, Jailhouse no. Conditioning? No. No, it's not, not called Jailhouse Conditioning. It's, I'm borrowing your name now. Jailhouse Strong. That's that's the one where it's just predicated on being strong with what you have in prison. Hmm. That's, that's the whole idea yeah. of convict yeah, yeah. conditioning. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I like it. I like it. I that's just, you have nothing. You just have a bed and you have a toilet. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy I didn't have to do like toilet push-ups or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, I can also see where the, where the genesis... Where the genesis of like tra not training legs came because you said these exercises pull ups, push ups, oh, yes, handstand push ups, bridge. Was, that's the other reason I don't have legs. I, I feel like I'm not sure what you guys uh, find about this that whatever you get strong or big when you're like 16 to 18 is easier to grow later mm. in life. Right. So um, I always used yeah. to do a lot of dips and push ups, and I have massive boobs. But pretty much nothing else. <laughs> yeah. And my friends who used to do a lot of squats, they have legs and nothing else. And right. and it's much harder to catch up with these later in life. Hmm. And and, yeah. and that's that's I think one of the reasons why I have like super skinny legs, because the convict conditioning only went to one like pistol squats, right? Oh shit. And that was too easy. So right, I could do right. that. There was nowhere to progress. So I had to focus on my ball handed free standing handstand push up, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's I wild. That. I, I, I do agree with that. Too easy. <laughs> yeah, man. That's that's crazy strong. Um, yeah. But I guess I guess if you're if you're thirty five kilos, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's all good. It's, that makes it easier. <laughs> it's all relative, man. It's all relative. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with that. I agree with what you trained when you were younger. It's definitely easy easier now. But my dad bought me a pair of. 22 and a half kilo dumbbells as my first weight set that was it they were just fixed at 22 and a half kilos and i was looking i remember being like so happy that i actually had weights this is at the age of yeah. like 16 and uh yeah. only thing i could do with it was shrugs so i was like yeah. i'm gonna go to my room and i'm just gonna stand there until my ears can there's no space between my shoulder and my ear there's just there's just this this cliff in between here and that was it. I, I, then I slowly learned how to do bicep curls with them and just slowly like cheat curl the hell out of them. And, yeah. and now I never need to train traps or biceps. That's it's all good. It's all... How old were you when you got the dumbbells? 16. Oh. 16, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, but I, I, I definitely think at that age, I was talking to, talking to a friend about this, um, having, uh, not a friend, sorry, a client. He's, he's very tall. Uh, Johannes. Do you remember Johannes? We did a call with him. Um, about yeah. his back he's super tall he's like i think he's as tall as you are david he's like five five six um and uh sorry six five, five. <laughs> <I was> like... 
That's better. Like, Hang on yeah. a second. Are you taking a piss? He's like, he's super tall. Five. Super tall for a hobbit. He's, he's just yeah. a giant hobbit. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, he's a big guy, and uh, his torso is just incredibly long. And he and he would he would tell me that like as a kid, he'd always struggle with certain things, and it got me thinking about like developing a curriculum around ch- children and how they could and should be training depending on their morphology because no one's ever going to talk about that kind of stuff. Uh, well, mm-hmm. I don't see much of it being developed. Um, and I, I think it's such a such an interesting thing because all of us, all three of us here, are so, so different in our makeup. But like, for instance, if somebody told me about shoulder stability when I was younger, I think it would have changed the game for me in terms of how my the next seven, eight years of my progression like led on from there. Do you, mm-hmm. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, that's my secret dream, actually, because I feel like there's three things that would be highly important that schools don't teach you. One, how to be healthy and big. Two, finance. Three, social skills. Mm, yeah. Definitely. And yeah, that's my secret dream, because a lot of people, if if you just lay down these foundations at a young age, right, both with eating and with training, you can prevent so many things going wrong. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. We got we, we got a, we got a chat off air, David. That's it. We're, we're coming yeah. at you. We're coming at you, people. There's uh yeah, this yeah, legit. Program. Yeah, that's that's it. That's it. I've I've, I've I've got I've got some framework developing already. It, 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 yeah. I've never, we've never even talked about this, but that's uh it just shows just like minds. Exactly. It, you it, have it, an eleven year old client, right? No, he's thirteen. Thirteen? No. Is he eleven? I can't remember. How old is Felix? Felix is yeah. no, he's twelve. 30. He's twelve. He's twelve. Okay. okay. Yeah, he's twelve. Yeah, but then I've got Eamon as well. Eamon is fourteen, and he's uh, yeah. They they're both on it, man. They're both so on it, and it's mm. I, I, I like uh, I, I like thinking back to. I think I would have been that kid in school who was just happy to have his broccoli and chicken, um, yeah. and just like slamming it back, slamming it back in uh, <laughs> yeah. in, in middle of break time because he, he's got he's got you're, goals. You're built different, bro. <laughs> just try it, man. Just try it. Different. Try it. it. Yeah, man. yeah. That's that's true, man. It's like. Um... Well, for kids, is uh, nutrition habits get set like surprisingly early. This is the thing. Mm. Is uh, it's I think it's somewhere between like it could even be set as early as three to four years old, like how mm. you approach your nutrition. But definitely by the age of seven, like your ideas of you know uh, your habits around what you eat is pretty much set by then, which is pretty nuts to think about. So there's like so there's when it comes to nutrition, there's a lot of things that we, you know, we're trying to undo for clients or trying to help them undo so that they can develop better habits around it. So if you can sort that out early on, there's a lot less need for, mm. uh, for us to have to deal with that kind of shit. And, um, and so, yeah, like for kids, just, just like proper, yeah, proper education around, uh, well, it's like, you know, essentially it's actually teaching parents so that they can teach their kids, you know, is uh, mm-hmm. proper education around like just making sure that they're moving. It doesn't matter how they move in the beginning. It's just as long as they're being stimulated and moving and getting um, getting the nutrition uh, on point as well by just essentially developing the right habit and developing the ability to make a good choice is uh, in the face of all the millions of choices that you actually do have in front of you. That's the one. That's the one. I remember being a, being a kid and being so overwhelmed with like, different different choices like you said i mean that's mm. quieting quieting the noise down i, I told you about like yeah, kind yeah. of uh getting getting Eamon to read the power of now and uh kind of yeah. helping him kind of slowly dissect it and just having conversations with him around it um yeah. is is something that he's slowly learning to 
to see that okay me me being aware is so much more important than everything else right now like me slowly just just recognizing when i'm not in the room and when i'm mm. kind of floating around that that's going to be the problem because when you get in the ring you have to be in 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 the room like you can't you can't miss a trick otherwise it's going to be very dangerous for you so i was practicing yeah. it now but like you said putting it across the board it's just more reps and linking it back to what david said about if you train pecs all the time when you were little, you're going to have big pecs now. So if you train your awareness when you're six, you're going to have a lot of awareness. You know what I mean? like that, that's a, it's, it's, it's totally legit. It's totally legit. You get yeah. the foundations for everything at that age, literally everything. Yeah, mm. exactly, man. You talked about like exactly. social skills as well. I can definitely, definitely vouch. I had, I, we talked about the podcast, bro. I had to read a book on how to talk to people for God's sake. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what would you say? Like, cause you came over David with, how, you said bad English and, and that kind of stuff, right? So that, that was that was definitely a hurdle for you. Yeah, it it wasn't necessarily bad. It was very very good for someone coming from Hungary, especially of especially of my age. Mm. But in this country, everyone has their own accent. No <laughs> offense, but literally every person has their own individual accent, and I just point. couldn't deal with it. You know, Alex, mm. I still don't understand half of what he says. <laughs> <laughs> he's not Where's even he, that he, northern. He's northern, but he's not like he's not mad northern. He's not. He doesn't, he doesn't have a proper. He's like, mad. He's mad northern. No, he's not. Yeah. <laughs> With a super, super <laughs> deep voice as well. That's funny. That's hilarious. But I think I guess it's also tricky because when you come to London, there's loads of different accents, and like a lot of them aren't actually even from England. Yeah. Well. I can deal with all of them apart from British. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else, I'm fine. Australia, Canada, US. All, all the foreigners here, British? No, mm. no way. That's brilliant. <laughs> so now, what? But... now, now I finally understand you guys. But before, it was challenging. <laughs> That's hilarious, <laughs> man. But it is bizarre to think, isn't it? How how you could be a couple of miles away and you just talk different. Why? Like that's so bizarre. Mm. It's so deep rooted. Yeah. yeah, man. Yeah, makes no. I, I don't know. I'm gonna look into the to the science behind that. But maybe maybe. Yes. Uh, Mr. Huberman, right. Mr. Huberman's got some got some knowledge for us to drop on that G. Yeah, maybe. I think it's uh, yeah, it's probably it's going to be just how it develops in different regions as well. Because I mm. think there's like historically, it's just like lots of pockets of places as opposed yeah. to just big areas which spoke the same. So yeah, I think in India you have got like eight thousand different dialects, which is insane if you think about it. It's like you got the language, and then you got the way they speak the language, and obviously it's a big country with like 1.3 billion people but uh, they got thousands of thousand different ways of actually speaking these languages and little offshoots of it as well it's pretty nuts man that's pretty crazy that's pretty crazy yeah. that's the question 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 i want to ask you david is um so gorinda obviously has this further study in things like immaculate dissection he talks about all the time he he, he brought my awareness to, to dr huberman and uh, a load of other people where, where do you think you're even if it's not fitness related where do you go to for your other like further study hmm. or just interest in general? What, what, what counts, what qualifies as further? Hmm. I like, I like the, I like the, uh, the guys of like self-development personal, keeping it kind of podcast related. What do you, what do you think in that guys? Is there anything there? I don't listen to podcasts. Sorry guys. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, it doesn't, doesn't, doesn't need to be podcast. It could be like, yeah. could be other books around, uh, around like personal development or even, even uh, just different ways of thinking. Like, like you talk about atomic habits, anything in that regard. Okay. 
you know, I, I like these people in finance, to be honest, that quit finance. Mm. Um, do you guys know Nassim Taleb? Yeah. yeah. yeah Black yeah. Swan. Mm. Um, who's the guy? Nava Ravikant. Yeah. No. Do you guys know him? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I find it weird that Jordan Shallows, for example, has a lot of like abstract captions to his pictures, right? That has nothing yeah. that have nothing to do with the picture or training, or not yeah. like closely related to training. But often these are ideas that these guys talk a lot about. Yeah. And again, not everything. Very few things can be applied to to training from here. Mm. But I don't know. I'm just interested in a bunch of different things even if they they cannot be applied to the training. Yeah, for sure. That's it. I mean, like, I mean, you take good principle thinking and you can apply it across the board. Yeah, exactly. Like, That's exactly yeah. what you were talking about, that it's it's yeah. it's the thinking framework that yeah. you implement into training. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think that's important. Actually, yeah, because that was, so we were talking about off-air as well, about you being a guitarist and, you know, like playing and actually competing as a guitarist as well and teaching other people classical class so it's classical guitar is what you, you know, yeah. teaching yeah, yeah. so it's like you, you obviously you got yourself up to a standard a uh, pretty high standard with that and uh and so a thing that i'm very curious about is making it people aware about how they can take expertise in one field and actually apply the principles of what they got good at there and um, take it into a new endeavor because I think it's actually more common than not for people to not be uh, just to not realize that the principles that got them good at one thing is actually going to get them good at another thing it's like we deal with clients who are extremely successful in say a realm a particular realm it could be finance but um, especially us being people who have dealt with um, clients who come from the city there's, uh, there's a particular type of person there as well and like you said like you know uh, top alpha type people and so they're excellent at that but then obviously they need a lot of help when it comes to health and fitness and wellness and stuff and there's obviously there's a knowledge gap but then there's also the I find there's also a um, a barrier to actually applying the principles of how, what got them good there and taking it into health and fitness and I think that happens a lot and I was wondering if you had uh, uh, any kind of like tangible experience with that where you were like okay whatever got me good at classical guitar I can use that and apply that to getting good at health and fitness is like were there any were there any things that you um, went through on your journey in your practice with guitar that actually helped you in health and fitness yeah, so just for a bit of background, I uh, did classical guitar for 10, 12 years, maybe. And I was in the top 15 of my age in the country. Wow. And wow. what what I would say is going to sound cliche, but the two things that can be applied more broadly that I learned, one is just put in the work, like it couldn't be any more cliche than this. Yeah. Because uh, I used to used to not like it at all. Classical guitar, mm -hmm. I wanted to play the drums. My mom had other ideas, so I played the guitar. Right. <laughs> and, I, and I didn't used to like it. And I had to, had to practice. So when I started being really good at it, obviously after that I loved it. 
where it defined me where it defined me at school at, at the music school when i went to contests and people recognized me as the guy from youtube now oh, right. that's that's when you that's when you start loving uh playing and and it's the same with everything else as well you're gonna suck in the in the beginning and when you get good at it you're gonna love it and it's going to define you and i also think this is one of the best things that you can give to any client a lot of clients come not a lot some clients come to me um having nothing to do with with training and and leave with having like a new happy place mm. a new new distraction a new hobby uh, they define themselves as as someone that's actually competent in the topic now someone strong someone lean and i think that's the biggest takeaway they can get from from having a coach mm. I like that, man. That's really, really powerful. And the other thing... Yeah? Go on, go on. The other thing maybe that I learned is just, like, don't be scared to stand out and and break some rules. Mm. And the main lesson there was once I won... Once I was uh, in the same contest group with people that I, I knew, because in a small country, you always know the best guitarists, and I knew that all of them were like five, six years older than I was. And all of them were way better than me. And I had to compete against them. We were in the same group. And the requirement was playing a certain piece and then playing another guitar piece that you could uh, pick freely. And I decided not to pick a classical guitar piece, but a fingerstyle. I'm not sure if you know Andy Mackey and these kind of people just doing crazy shit on the guitar, uh, all kinds of rhythmic stuff. And I decided to, to play one of those because I was either going to be last or banned or first, right? <laughs> and if I, if I didn't pick something like that, I would have been, would have been just last. Mm-hmm. So I did that. Uh, the judge were like contemplating whether to ban me or not. And then they just ended up giving me the first prize and then the main prize for the competition as well. Oh, shit. Uh, and all my friends that I competed against ended up hating me massively. <laughs> <laughs> and then they were even contemplating like making a new group, uh, like a new oh, discipline in, in the contest for, for like those kind of guitar pieces. Yeah, wow. That's, oh, yeah. that's awesome, man. Change the game. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you have to compete at what you're good at, right? Hmm. Change the Otherwise. game. Yeah, man. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta like, you're, you're all bouncing the ball. I'm gonna pick it up and run with it. Like, that's, yeah. uh, that, that's, I love that, man. That's so cool. I'm, 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 we've never, I've never talked about that story. That, that's a really fun one. That is, that's awesome. That is such yeah. a good story. Cause so, that, that's like. a movie right there. That's legit a movie. I can see it. <laughs> <laughs> Show you up with your mom and be exactly. like, did you practice? Yeah, practice. <laughs> okay, throw the script out. I'm going to go my own way. Watch this. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah. cool, man. It's like, yeah, because it's something I've been contemplating as well is the idea that uh, you can only start to break the rules once you actually have the fundamentals down. Is uh, You can't just show up to something and uh, be like, yeah, fuck it, I'm just going to do it differently. It's like, well, you don't know what you're doing differently, first off. It's like you could hear an idea and uh, and just think, oh, I don't like the sound of that. I'm going to try something else. But it's like, well, actually, you don't really understand it to begin with. 
you don't have any grounding in it but then you did that you got the fundamentals you got the basics and you're like all right well actually i'm going to play with this now i'm going to i'm going to have fun with this i'm going to circle break the rules and that's when it's fruitful to break the rules i think it seems yeah i think that's um there's something I've been trying to figure out is like you can't just be somebody who goes in it's like i'm going to shake stuff up and not know what it's actually what the actual fundamentals are of the thing that you're trying to shake up so you've got mm. to understand it first and then be able to shake it up that's what it feels like leaving ub i think no mm. we got really hard rules and now we're kind of shaking it up learning from here taking it from there you know the bruce lee way mm. what, what, did, what did he say absorb so, what is useful discard what is useless and add what it's uniquely what is uniquely your own mm -hmm. yeah yeah exactly. love that, i love that in the context of like martial arts as well that that fits so well because you you can't one thing that i was taught tj taught me this so so well early doors was that you're long you would say to me you're long you've got long arms so be long like don't don't worry yeah. about trying to be inside and trying to bob and weave and because it's not you yet compete at what you're good at yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like come come in at your level and uh, and learn learn that framework first and then off of that it's like okay i can go back to that because i know that that basis is there it's not going to betray me because i've done the reps I've, i've done some reps in it at least my awareness is, is there and like you said if you do that at the very start of your journey it's going to stay with you forever like the, like the big boobs thing right like they're they're they're, they're, <laughs> they're not going to go anywhere right but it's it's now it's a case of okay well I, we can go and take our attention to growing big quads too and i can learn how to like how to move differently and throw a head kick now and then and like, oh, okay this this is this is all evolution and then I, I, i find the physical way of doing that so enjoyable because it's it's breaking the rules in terms of oh why can't i do this and, and then go this way again like oh you're supposed to weave and come back it's like no i want to weave and i want to stay here and i want to switch stances and i want to step in and step out and i want to change levels and i want to go for a takedown from this side it's uh yeah, it's so much fun to mix things up man that's that's a that's an inspiring story david yeah i love that definitely definitely yeah man yeah, yeah. what what um don't have to ask this question spit yeah yeah i'm trying to try to try to try to piece together better than i piece together other questions And there were a bunch of other things as well, where oh, I just yeah. took, took the lead and then people just ended up following basically the same yeah. way. Like, you know how the guitar has a long neck and then for orientation, you have dots on it. So you know which fret mm -hmm. you're in. Okay. And then when, <laughs> when I got a new guitar, I decided not to put those dots on it because by, by then I could play like without them. And then some crazy teacher in, in, I shouldn't say crazy, I should be more respectful. One of the teachers at the music school decided to wipe all the dots off every guitar. Oh, <laughs> and, and no one could play anymore. Oh, no way. <laughs> there, was one, there was one person apart from me. That oh, kid. shit. And then it was the same with YouTube videos. Everyone was like, yeah, what are you doing this for? And then everyone started doing their YouTube videos when I got some views on that. So yeah, just don't don't be afraid to stand up. No, Maverick. Yeah. That's it. Change the name, bro. You're not newbie. You're not newbie. <laughs> exactly. Maverick <laughs> Brown. That's the one. Maverick. That's the one. <laughs> Maverick, Maverick Mirza. Yeah, there we go. There we go. That's so cool, man. But a hundred percent, hundred percent. That that's so funny that you took the stable. They took the stabilizers off, 
with the dots and everyone yeah. just fell down. It's like, yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you guys didn't know nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's, uh, that's, that's what cracks me up about it. Is, uh, again, it goes back to also, you know, the, having the necessary tools to, uh, to succeed as well. It's like if you're not teaching somebody the tools to actually sustain the results that they're getting, then uh, when you take the stabilizers off, they've they got nothing you know it's like you, you might wobble a little bit and then carry on but that's fine but then if you're taking the stabilizers off and you're like wait what am i supposed to do yeah. <laughs> that's 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 a big problem i love that as well it's like yeah because i when i was a kid i played i played guitar as well so i remember the dots i remember everything about that so it's so interesting to think that you know they just get taken away and then people don't know what fret they're on and they don't know like you know they're hitting the wrong notes and they're hitting the wrong chords or whatever that, that cracks me up that's pretty funny I suppose that, that that's what happens when you really know what you're doing, right? Because because mm. you know just by the length of the neck where you are, and then that denotes what note you're gonna get, right? I assume. Yeah, you just do it so many times that you can play like without looking. Yeah, mm. yeah, and that's that's but that only only comes through a, a deeper level of awareness in the moment, right? So like you're yeah, everyone, every, of hours. Yeah, yeah, fuck yeah! Like everyone's yeah. everyone's practicing. But you're really practicing. You're in. You know what I mean? Like you're looking at it from different. You're you're looking at it with a different eye, um, mm. rather than just kind of like showing up to just make up the numbers. You're like, no, this is gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna change the game here. That's cool, man. Yeah, I yeah. think there was a quote I posted recently on the run of my post. It said, "It's from like a violin player. Something like, I've been practicing 16 hours a day for for 25 years, and now they just call me, uh, call me talented. Something like that. So." Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, this is it's not telling. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's it's work, man. Is there's another one? I can't remember. I can't remember the name of the musician. That's going to bother me now. But it was uh, somebody saw his performance and then uh, came up to him afterwards and said, "You know, uh, I'd give my life to play like you." And he said, "I did." I did. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, well, it's like, yeah, okay. If you want to give your life to play like me, then you fucking can. But you're not going to. So, <laughs> <laughs> so don't don't give me that shit. That's wicked, man. That's so yeah. legit. That's, that's so legit. It's, 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 like, it's like when you see, see like, uh, you watch, do, David, do you watch UFC? No. You watch that? Okay, so. When you, you are going to be on it, I'm going to start watching. <laughs> <laughs> one day, man. One day. One day. We're getting there. We're getting there. It's uh, exactly. same thing as like Israel Adesanya. You watch him, you watch him strike and there's such a high level of awareness to all the different components around like space and not being too close, not being too far. When to throw a feint, when to throw a real strike. It's so cool. When, but but like you said earlier, the theme of this has almost been like transferable skills and learning one, and then having the commodity because you see it across all these different disciplines. Like you're talking about playing guitar and totally taking away the rule book, and then you see in martial arts where it's like, okay, we learn the fundamentals of this is a jab and this is a low kick, but then you can totally rip up the script and just go with it your own way. That's a, it's proper proper ownership, right? Yeah, that's it. I like it, man. I like it. I like it. Right, guys. What do you What do you think? Should we Should we Should we Should we call the podcast there? Let's do it, man. That yeah. was good. It was a that was, nice that was way a fun. To... Thank you, guys. No nice worries. Way to no end worries. It. That I was like a cool it, story, but that's um, <laughs> yeah. That's also yeah. It's also inspiring as well, man. I was like, that's sick. It's just know your shit, live your life well, and you can do whatever you want with it. <laughs> That's, that's one thing to extrapolate from that is, is like right. just be a better just be a better human being just get the fundamentals right and then you can do whatever you want from there yeah. you know just take take chances right take chances i, yeah. li I like that story david i wish you had yeah. told me that earlier 
that would that would definitely have played into some of the chats you had at EP. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's really he kept cool, that man. one up his sleeve. Yeah, yeah. There's there's levels to this kid. Exactly, man. That's wicked, great. Wicked. All right, thank you to everyone tuning in as well. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and uh, yeah, give us some feedback. Let us know what you think of it. Just search us on uh, evolve at evolve achieve thrive on Instagram. That's the handle, and uh, give us a, give us a shout if you're sharing the episode with people. Uh, and uh, tell us what tell us what they think of it. Tell us what you think of it. And um, yeah, we're always uh, we're always keen to hear from our listeners as well, and uh, and get some feedback on that kind of stuff. But uh, until next time, at ease. See you later, people. See you later. <laughs>